0: dream big that thing that you want to do to help others that itch that's god's proof to you fear has a very concrete power of keeping us from doing our purpose but people who are running toward their dreams life has a special kind of meaning we choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other
1: thing not because they are easy but because they are hard Hey Mountain, how's everybody doing? Hey, you know one thing we like to do is just greet everyone at each of our four campuses. So can we just say hello to everyone by just greeting everyone in at the Mountain Road and Abingdon, over at Edgewood, Bel Air. And uh, online, we're glad you're with us. We had a bunch of people online this morning checking in with us, saying how they excited they were about what we announced today, and I hope so you feel the same way in just a little bit. Hey, next week we begin a new series. It's called uh, You Asked For It. And wow, uh, this is simply where you just send in questions about anything. Anything goes, and we do our best to say, you know, what, what do we think the Scriptures might say about this? What do we think God has to say about this? You guys have sent in some doozies so far, so we're going to have our hands full over the next several weeks. We're, we're going to be looking at just little tiny topics like... Um, How do we know we can trust the Bible? What do we do about the environment? What about immigration and politics? What about sexuality in our modern world? No, just little topics like this. Next week we jump in uh, to uh, why do bad things happen to good people? What do I do when God feels far away and what should a Christian think about weed? So we're going to start on a high note, shall we say. Here we go. We're going to start in next week. See you here and uh, we'll we'll just jump right in. All right. So this week we have some exciting and important news to share, as a lot of you know, and all of it has grown out of our vision and that grows out of our mission Y'all, mission. We need to talk about mission before we jump in today, okay? Because mission, your mission answers the question, uh, what are you trying to do? Mission answers the question, why are we here? What's our purpose? And for us, you know, we draw our mission right from Jesus, most classically from, from lots of places, but we love to go to that one place where he said at the, at the end of his life, As he's heading back to be with the Father, his mission on earth done, he says in Matthew 28, verses 18 to 20, he says, all authority has been given to me, therefore, he says, go, go, and make disciples of all people, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded. And then he says, and and I'll be with you always, even to the very end of the age. And friends, that's, that's the heartbeat of God through Jesus and it's our mission today. The way we express it at Mountain in a little succinct statement is we take it, boil it down and say the mission of Mountain Christian Church is, let's put it on the screen and read it together, the mission is, say it with me will you, to make disciples more and better disciples. That's why we're here. That's our purpose. That's our reason for being. A disciple is someone who says yes to Jesus, who says I want to follow Jesus, trust Jesus, know Jesus, invite Jesus into my life, surrender to Jesus, and work for Jesus to accomplish what Jesus wants to have happen on the planet. That's a disciple. And our goal is to invite people into that relationship. That's what more refers to. Always there's people far from God whose lives are not complete and whole without Him. A more refers to the process of doing anything and everything we can to invite them to say yes to Jesus. and But we don't want to stop there. Like once someone says yes, we want to help them keep growing. That's where the better comes in. Everything we do as a church is about one of those two things, helping someone come to Jesus or grow in Jesus. More and better disciples. That's all we do. It's a lot of stuff we don't do, but that we do. And every line item of our budget, every single program, every sermon, every ministry, everything we do is about this one thing. Okay, we're not, a, we're not a maintenance-driven church like, oh, we're just going to try to keep our doors open, you know. We're not a me-driven church like, it's my personal preferences that need to happen here. We're not a, we're not a, a, a member-driven church like where it's some sort of country club where you vote on stuff. To get, no, no, we're mission-driven. Jesus drives it, and I'm telling you why that's important, friends, because we can all feel the darkness encroaching, can you not, in our society, in our world? in our own hearts. And Jesus, Jesus says, I'm the light of the world. I'm the hope of the world. And then he said, now I'm sending you. The church of Jesus Christ is the hope of the world today, and it is plan A, and there is no plan B. And Jesus promises that when he is with us, he says, the gates of hell will not prevail against us. What we're doing is important, y'all, and that's our mission. And so when we say we're going to make disciples more and better, that means that involves all of us and people that aren't yet part of this thing. So what does that look like? Well, what does a disciple look like? When someone says yes to Jesus, what, what, should, what should it look like in your life and mine? Well, we answer that around here by saying a disciple is someone who knows how to do these three things. Same with me if you know him. Love God, love people, serve the world. Love God, you just you're connected with the Lord and with other His people, and, and love people means you're 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 walking with some people in relationship that are also on a journey with God. But you're also reaching out in relationships to people who are far from God. That's love people. You doing that? Serve the world means you get your hands dirty. You make a difference. You humble yourself like Jesus, and yet you don't hold on to your time, talent, and treasure as if it was yours because you know it's given to you to make a difference in this world. That's how you serve the world, and that's what Jesus calls us to do. So, if we did all that, if we went after our mission and we loved God, loved people, and served the world, well, what would that look like? That's where our vision comes in. A vision says, Man, what would it look like? And we envision a day where we're going to stretch and strengthen and spread beyond where we are now to reach thousands more in not just four, but six campuses. We're going to talk about that today. It's an exciting day in the fulfillment of that vision. You know, in the Old Testament, the children of Israel one time, they had a dream of entering into what they called the land of Canaan, the promised land. It was like something they were really looking forward to, but they had some hurdles and had an obstacle. They came up against The Jordan River, which was raging right in front of them, right? And they they literally, they just couldn't uh, imagine how to get across. What they didn't know is that God was working upstream. God was working upstream. And if you know that story from Joshua 3, God parted that water and held it back and they walked through on dry ground. And that vision was fulfilled. And friends, we've known for a while that we're supposed to somehow plan a campus, launch another campus. But we haven't known how or where or when it could happen. But here's what I'm here to tell you today. God's been at work upstream. And he's prepared a way and he is letting us go through. And today we get to talk about it. Are you ready? excited? Okay, check it out. Here we go. Hey, Mountain. So I saw this cartoon, right? It's this really old couple. And she's looking in the mirror and she says to her husband. I feel so old. I feel wrinkly and ugly. I just need you to pay me a compliment right now. He's reading his paper, doesn't even look up. Without missing a beat, he says, well, your eyesight's darn near perfect. (laughs) I know that's horrible. I know that's horrible, but here's the truth. The older we get, isn't it true that we tend to just kind of think about what used to be and look in the past? And this is one of the things that is so remarkable to me about Mountain Church. Do you realize that in about five years we're going to celebrate our 200th anniversary? We're going to be 200 years old. I mean that's amazing. Thousands of families have have been impacted eternally. So many stories we could tell over the last 200 years and yet we're not sitting around looking in the mirror thinking about the good old days or what used to be. In fact, we're daring to dream, and we are absolutely convinced that nothing in our past compares with the future that God has for us. We're daring to dream the kind of dreams that are so big that if God's not in them, we're sure to fail. In fact, we believe that God has led us to a scripture that kind of captures sort of his word for us in this season. It comes out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 54, verse two. It's a time when God's people are, are kind of like wondering, man, are we done? Is, is our, are our best days past? And God gives them a clear word, no, I'm not done with you. And these are the words from Isaiah. Make your tent larger. Stretch your tent curtains farther out. Do not hold back and spare no effort. Lengthen your ropes and strengthen your stakes by pounding them in deep. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Do not be afraid. Friends, God is calling us to dare to dream, to enlarge and to expand and to spread the canopy of God's blessing through mountain by stretching, strengthening, and spreading. We want to have a laser focus over the next five years on stretch strengthen, and spread. Stretch. By stretch, we mean we're going to stretch our arms, our hands, but our hearts and our faith as well to reach more people than ever. Specifically, we're thinking of people who are far from God, who are outside of the fold. Now, God's already at work at Mountain, doing amazing things this way. Already this year, we've seen over 450 baptisms. That's amazing. And we're growing. We're reaching more kids, more families, more young adults. That's awesome. But friends, God's eyes are on those who are still outside, okay? We live in the most unchurched part of, of the country. We live in the most unchurched county in the state of Maryland. And we've got lots of work to do. And to do that, to reach more, we're going to have to stretch and then strengthen because we we want to strengthen our body at Mountain, so everyone's taking a meaningful step toward Jesus, like really growing and getting getting more mature in the faith. We want everyone who goes to Mountain to be rock solid in their faith. Now, I'm excited that so many good things are happening in this regard, too. I mean, I'm glad that more people are serving than ever, more people are in groups than ever, and that we've had over 1,500 people go through the Rooted Experience. That's awesome, but I'll be honest with you, I believe we've got a long way to go as we strengthen our body. Stretch, strengthen, and then what? Spread. And we're going to spread the love of Jesus and the impact of what He's doing through this church up and down the 95 corridor, primarily through the launching of new campuses. Specifically, we believe God's calling us in the next five years to launch two new campuses, somewhere between Rosedale and Rising Sun. So some of you probably remember when God stretched and strengthened and then spread us to launch our second campus. It's called Bel Air, 2010. And then in 2013, our third campus in Edgewood in conjunction with the Epicenter. And then just a couple years ago, Abingdon. And friends, it's like God is saying, I want to do it again. And so he's not only led us to the time, but to the location. And I'm standing there right now the location of some big exciting news I'm here to give you today and that is that our fifth campus mountain right here in the heart of Aberdeen Maryland Now we've been working and praying that God would lead us to the exact location for where this campus is supposed to be and we believe he's done exactly that where I am right here is the location of this campus it's right next to Ollie's in what we call Aberdeen Plaza a lot of you know this area right off 22 in Beards Hill Road you know, we're, we're close to 95, like a minute from Route 40, and, and most importantly, like a minute away from Rita's Italian Ice and Chick-fil-A that way, about a minute, like bada-boom. I mean, we're in the promised land, am I right? But in all seriousness, what makes this area so cool in the heart of Aberdeen is that within three miles of where I'm standing right now, about 30,000 people live, and get this, About 26,000 of them have no meaningful relationship with Jesus, like no church home. We need to be here for them. And you know what? More people are on the way. Like the experts are all saying that Aberdeen is primed and ready to grow like up to 10% over the next 10 years. New apartment complexes and building developments are happening all around us. Businesses are coming in and they're bringing jobs with them. You know, the hospital, Upper Chesapeake, is is putting in a new campus up here. There's a new movie theater going in right now. I mean, we just want to put God right in the center of all of that. So Mountain, here it is, fifth campus, Aberdeen, Maryland, fall 2020. But wait, there's more. In our conversations with the city of Aberdeen, I mean, it's become immediately apparent the kind of impact that Mountain's gonna have in this community. I mean, they've already asked us to do some kids programming and, and some some job training and, and and things that will help develop this community. And so the city has just told us how excited they are about us coming and being a part. And that's why I'm excited to announce to you that when we launch a new campus of Mountain, we're also gonna launch a new campus of the epicenter, which right now is housed out of Edgewood, but it's not only going to be a new campus of Mountain, it's going to be a new campus of the epicenter, epicenter at Aberdeen, and all of the cool and amazing life-changing things that happen out of the epicenter now are going to continue to happen, but here in Aberdeen as well. Can you see it? Can you feel it? Are you daring to dream? You know, I I think when a lot of people think of Aberdeen today, I don't know, they may think of the Ironbirds. They may think of Aberdeen Proving Ground or Ollie's or Chick-fil-A, I don't know. But I'm daring to dream of a day when there is a thriving church here, right here, with all the things that community does. And, And there's a flourishing epicenter here of ministry doing the things that the epicenter does. And when people think of Aberdeen, they'll think, oh, That's that place where God is really at work through that church at Mountain. Are you ready for that? Are you ready to dare to dream like that? Let's bring the love of Jesus to Aberdeen, fall 2020. And listen, until then, be prayerful about your part because I assure you, everyone's going to have a part in this. We can't do this without everybody. Until then, get excited, dare to dream. Here we go, Aberdeen 2020. All right, here we go, number five, pretty exciting stuff, let me give you a little kind of inside look here, so here's a map that shows you our campuses and you can remember the history there. There's a new dot on there. It's going north. We didn't think we were going north, but God knew better. He's been work upstream and the epicenter going with it. As you look at the next slide, you kind of can imagine the sort of uh, outward radiating uh, force of good that we think we're going to be able to have through the campus and the epicenter and the impact there. There's a lot of momentum in that region. Uh, The city leaders are particularly excited about the the new roads and stores and things that are going in, even a smoothie king going in. So, you know, it's all coming together in Aberdeen. Um, and you know, we chose that name epicenter because it kind of means like a center from which Good would radiate outward. You know, blessing and favor and God's presence and the love of Jesus would radiate like from an epicenter, and that's what we believe is going to happen in that place for miles around. Here's what the building looks like today. If you drove by there this morning, you'd see the brand new sign up there kind of saying, Yep, look, here's what's coming, so the word is out. Here's an aerial shot in case it kind of helps you get your bearings. A lot of you know Aberdeen Plaza right next to the Ollie's outlet, plenty of parking. You know, the landlord's been great to work with. It's such a total God thing. Uh, you know. He's resurfacing and restripping the parking lot and realizes that it's going to take time for us to build a team and to get the renovations done. And so he's letting us be in there rent-free for a while. It's just like really, really cool because we want to be such good stewards of, of everything that we have to, to make this happen. Uh, here's what the uh, inside looks like right now. If you were to walk up there and put your nose on the glass, you'd see just a kind of empty place. We've already started some demo. Just Cabinets is... Out, <laughs> and uh, you can see the floors and the ceilings and the walls are getting prepped. This is what, by God's grace, it's going to look like someday. On the outside, you can see, you know, um, there'll be a new facade and a new sidewalk and some landscaping that'll go in. And then here's what the inside will look like, and you'll recognize it as the typical kind of mountain flavor that just says, Hey, everybody is welcome here welcome home this is for everyone and just a place you'll want to go and hang out very functional simple but clean and super inviting and then you'll notice on the the doors there it says to the auditorium well that space actually doesn't exist yet Uh, That is, as you look at this next uh, graph, you can see the red outline over the parking lot area. It's a parking pad. That's 9,000 square feet of additional space. We'll be adding on to make room for the auditorium and the epicenter and the kid space that we know we'll need to get that thing up and running. So lots to do over the next several months, uh, but that's, that's where we are. So I know there's a ton of questions, like what's the exact launch date? Well, I don't know. We don't know yet. There's a lot that has to happen, but we still believe uh, fall of 2020. Uh, or another question might be, when's the campus pastor of this new thing? And the team that's going to go there going to be announced uh, soon. You'll know as soon as we do, we'll, we'll announce it. Um, can I be on the launch team? Yes, you can. And there's lots of other questions about all this. We'll give you some information a little bit about how you can stay informed and up to the minute on what's happening and be praying about this as we, as we go forward. So, so today, there's probably two main things that we need to focus on and, and have everyone sort of up to speed on together Regardless of who you are, I mean, some of you have been around mountain a long time. Some of you, like, only a short time. Some of you stumbled in today, You're like, just checking us out, and you're like, wow, what's going on? Well, I'm glad you're here, all of you, and, and, and I want to just tell you there's two big things we need to go over in our heads to make this right with God. Number one, we need to remind ourselves, why are we doing this? Why? This is a big deal, so why? Why would we go to this struggle and this effort? You know, why do we believe it, it would fulfill our mission and our vision? Well, one thing you could do is just look back at the last campus, for example. When you look at the Abingdon campus launched a couple of years ago, do you realize that since we'd launched in this short time already, over 300 people have committed their life to Christ through baptism? 300 people. Do you think God wants to do that again? I think he does. I absolutely think he does. You know, the people that have come there, you know, some people went from other campuses to launch Abingdon, but most of the people there and the people that are growing that place forward didn't, weren't going to any church before they did. That's why we're doing this. There, there, there are like almost 700, almost 800 people connected to a small group, almost 700, 700 people on a serving team, hundreds of kids, 170,000 pounds of food distributed. And you, do I need to, you, that's why we need to do this. That's just Abingdon. God wants to do it again. Ryan and his soon-to-be-adopted son, Antonio, walked into the Abingdon campus on opening day. And they were kind of intrigued. And they hadn't been to church since he was a kid. But he came back. And the next week, he brought his wife, who had never been to any church. And today... A couple years later, they're involved, they both got baptized, they're serving in that church, they're leading certain ministries, they've been through Financial Peace University which sort of transformed their finances and they're sharing Jesus in their neighborhood It's a transformed life. That's why we need to do this again. Kathleen says, Abingdon Campus has completely changed my life in just two short years. She tells how she moved here from a recovery house down in Annapolis to start a new life. And when she did, you know, she, it was hard to get it started. Part of it was because her father had died of cancer. And in that process, she had kind of turned away from God. But a friend named Sarah, who she liked, invited her to the Abedin campus. And she began to meet the people and hear the messages. And it began to change her perspective and her purpose in life. And she eventually opened her heart and she surrendered her life. To the Lord Jesus Christ and was baptized at our baptism splash. Since then, her fiance and she have had this baby, and then they got married, and now they got this young family and they're reading their kids' Bible stories at night. She's in a Bible study and she says, Four years clean and counting could not be more grateful to Jesus for what he's done through the Abingdon campus. Do you think we need to do this again or not? I mean, that that's we gotta remember that's why we're doing this. I could tell a hundred stories. I could tell you about Brian and Liz. Brian and Liz were at a place where they had young kids, and they were not walking with God at all, but when you have a kid, sometimes it kind of makes you think, I probably need to be doing something. And so they started saying, maybe we need, maybe we need to look into a church. Someone right about that time invited them to a Christmas service last year at the Edgewood campus. They went very reluctantly, but they fell in love instantly with the people at the Edgewood campus. He, said, he says, we felt true love and a sense of being welcomed. Shortly after, Liz and I signed up for a rooted class, and that experience truly saved our lives for all of eternity. After the rooted experience, I was baptized, my children soon followed suit, and now we serve in kids' ministry. I serve at Echo, I'm going to be a small group leader for middle-aged boys, and he tells about other areas he's serving in, over at the Edgewood campus where he says we truly have a home. Friends, we need to do that again. We need to do it again, and again. I could tell you about a young man here at the Mountain Road campus. Um, he came here several years ago with his family from Connecticut. A lot of you would know him. Um, ma- got married while he was here. A couple of young kids. Found a real community and it's where he found his spiritual home. And he would need it because the drinking and drugging that he started at age 14 kept hounding him and returning into his life till eventually his wife had enough and she left him and went back to South Carolina with her family. Filed for divorce earlier this year. And as a broken man, he came into this community, again, just coming back to us to say, you know, this was a wake-up call from God, and God used the people of this church and the community and that experience to help him quit drinking and drugging. He's been clean and sober since April of this year, and he got baptized on April 19th, which he reminds us was the day before National Marijuana Day. And God gave him his wife back. She has withdrawn her divorce paperwork, seeing the change in him. He's currently requesting a transfer from his job, a job he's been able to hold longer than any job he's ever held, so he can go down and live with her again. And his license even got reinstated after multiple DUIs, another sign of God's favor and blessing in his life. He's so grateful and contrite and humble and excited about his new life with Christ, all because of the church home that he made here so many years ago. Friends, we need to do this again and again and again. I think God wants to do it again. I have friends, Jim and Karen, and they're members at the arena club. They also attend the Bel Air campus. And they invited their trainer, Nikki, Uh, to come to At The Movies a year ago when we did At The Movies series. And she came, and she was hooked, and she's been here every weekend since. And since that time, Nikki and her daughter Elena, who's now involved in student ministries and went on CLY, when the baptism splash happened, they both jumped in the river together and turned their lives over to Christ. And so they're on fire, so they have friends named Rob and Ginger. And guess what they did this year at At The Movies? They invited their friends at the movies this year. And Rob and Ginger have been here every weekend since. And now they showed up, and Kirk was telling me, he was saying, um, they went to the doctor, and the doctor said, Well, you need to get in shape. You need to join a gym. They joined the gym, and Nikki said, Well, you need to go to Mountain. So they did. And there they are. Their trainer brought them to Mountain. And as they re- received their Bibles and their mugs and their shirts from Kirk, they said, You know what? The message said today would feel like home, and that's exactly how it feels for us. And now they're serving. In all kinds of ways. You see, Jim and Karen were invited to this church and they came. And then Jim and Karen invited Nikki and Nikki brought Elena. And then the two of them brought Rob and Ginger. And I can't wait to see who they're going to invite. Maybe it's going to be someone up in Aberdeen, you see. Friends, we need to keep doing it again because I think God wants to do it again. Let me tell you so another reason we're doing this. It's because God has sent us to be a blessing. So if you have a relationship with Jesus, it's not just so you can have a private little love affair with him. See, if you've been blessed by Jesus through his love, his grace, his forgiveness, and his promise of eternal life, you are blessed, I promise you, to be a blessing. So that's what we want to do with the Aberdeen campus and the epicenter in conjunction. We're going to show up ahead of time and bless some people's socks off. So as you look at Jeremiah 29, the people are in exile, carried away to Babylon, and they think, oh, I don't want to go there, you know, but God says, you know, no, 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 I sent you there. I want you to settle down and plant a garden and get a house, raise your family, become part of that community. And then verse 7, look what God says, Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 7, seek the peace and the prosperity of that city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it. Pray for the city because if it prospers, I want you to help it prosper because that's how you'll prosper. And that's how the blessing of God works. We're blessed to be a blessing. So I'm announcing today that we are uh, kicking in another series of Sir Blessings, and we're going to launch them on Aberdeen. If you've been around for a while, you remember Sir Blessings, like the last time we did a series of Sir Blessings, they're just surprise blessings, where we show up in some unexpected place to meet a need. It might be with a community agency or a school or a family in need. We might fix a roof or give a check one way or the other, we just want to show up and love people, and help them know that's why we're coming, and that's why we're here. And so that's going to happen. If you have an idea of a need that we can help meet, we'd love to hear from you, and you can just send that information to Sir Blessing. It's an email address, Blessing at MountainCC.org. You got a family or some opportunity that we could help really step into? Let us know, okay, because that's going to give us an opportunity just to show up And love people in Jesus' name for months ahead of time, long before we get a building open in Aberdeen. Okay? excited about that? We'll keep you posted about that. Also, all of that will help set the stage for the kind of ministry that the Epicenter does in Aberdeen. You know... Um, The epicenter a lot of you maybe know about it intimately some of you don't know all the many programs for kids and after-school stuff and all that Maybe the best way for me to just help you feel how important the epicenter is is to just let you hear some of Cecil's story so check this out
0: I gave you a paper that told the story about what happened to my son Um, part of the reason why I wound up in Maryland was because my family was torn apart. When he was overmedicated and died of a heart attack at 16, it tore my family apart. So I moved to Maryland to um, kind of reconnect with my daughter and I started working for Coles Warehouse. I didn't realize they had a peak season. Once peak season was over, um, all my hours went down and I essentially became homeless. When I became homeless, I was so afraid and so scared because I didn't know anything about Maryland resources. I didn't know where I was gonna go, how I was gonna survive. So I got into the rotating shelter and that's when I first met Mary Slade. She was um, working at the epicenter. I had heard and saw the epicenter sign going back and forth and so I got to know her and saw that she was a nice lady. And Mary did a lot of things for me. She actually introduced me to the house manager, where I stay at now. And she recommended to him that I be housed there. And the people here was just so wonderful. I mean, they, I told them my story. I told them what happened to me. And it just seemed like everybody was kind of bending over backwards, really, to help me. So it's like the epicenter was key to me actually starting my life over again. I would just come in just to do job search and just to have a place to hang out. So when I came to the epicenter, um, Wendy Kowakowski, she actually started an art project here. She owns a t-shirt shop and her first project was designing a t-shirt for the summer camp. So when she came, I would sit down with her and I made sure that I was here whenever she showed up. One day she asked me if I was working and I told her, well, I was hoping that they would hire me here for the epicenter. That next Monday she came and she offered me the job. So of course I took it because again, this is something that I was passionate about, you know, having what I do put on a t-shirt. And so now, um, I'm an operations specialist. To somebody that never heard of the epicenter before, the only way that you're going to really experience it is by coming. I could sit here and I could, you know, talk the world up to heaven about the epicenter. But if you don't walk through the doors and you don't enter and see what's going on, all you're going to do is hear it. When my daughter called me and said, well, daddy, come to Maryland. You could come stay with me. And you know, you could start over here. I didn't hesitate. I mean, I had a job in New York. I had an apartment. But just to hear my daughter say that to me, that kind of, that was the start of my new life. And it just made me grateful. It just made me grateful, really grateful for all the help that people gave me and all the things that people did for me and just, you know, me just being a stranger, just walking through the doors. And I think that's another great part of the epicenter is that they don't treat you like a stranger. You know, they could have looked at me and said, oh, well, I don't know him. I'm not going to even try to, you know, interact with him in any way, but never felt that once. Every time I come through the door, it's always like, wow. You know, these people really care about me, you know, so, yeah.
1: I think that helps us, doesn't it? Just kind of get it crystal clear in our head why we need to do this. So the other big question that we need to kind of just make sure everyone understands and is on board with is how? How are we going to do this, right? Right. How are we going to do this? And there's so much to say here. Let me try to boil it down. And one thing I want to just make sure everyone gets is that this is a big deal. And this is, this is going to be, this isn't going to be easy. Okay, uh, we're, 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 we're trying to, we're daring to dream a little bit. And when you do that, it's going to be a challenge. And, and we're not afraid of that. In fact, I'll, I'll submit to you that anything you have in your life that's valuable or worth something to you didn't come easy. It's the way, it's the way everything is. Nothing really of value is easy, so we're not afraid of it. I feel a little bit, though, like a, like a coach of a championship team. Like we've won a couple of championships, and now we've earned our way back into another championship game, and I just, I'm like, guys, don't forget. It isn't just automatic. You're not just going to walk out on the field and win. You know, I, I want to remind you of the struggle and the sacrifice and the, the work we had to do to win before, because we can do it again. It's just, we got to do it again. And that's kind of how I feel today. And so let me just say this in a way that I really hope sinks into every heart here. And I know we're all over the map on how engaged we are with God right now. I know we're all over the map in terms of where we are plugged into this church. I get that. That's why I want to make sure you hear me when I say, we really, really need everyone. Uh, We've kind of calculated this out, and that's kind of why we're doing this. It's the kind of faith step we love to take, because we really can't do it if everyone's not pulling along. So we really need everyone. One of the biggest mistakes you could make toward your own life calling and toward God's mission in this place would be to say, oh, well, they got this. You know, they, they, they can figure this out. They can make it happen without me because we really do need everyone. You, if you're here, I don't believe it's an accident. If you're at this church, I don't think it's an accident. We, we need you. You're needed. You're needed to serve particularly, specifically. Let me tell you something else. I'll, I'll tell you. I would say... We could say we, as in the campus, needs you. But you know what? I, I believe a lot of us need the campus. Here's what I mean by that: Every time we do this, it it, for, it It serves as a kind of catalyst to sort of call out of us something that's been waiting to come out anyway. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a opportunity for some of us. You know, we 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 know there's another step we need to take. We know God's saying something's got to change in our life, and this. Whenever we launch a campus, it kind of becomes our excuse to sort of step forward, come out of the woodwork, and and move forward. So one of the ways you could serve toward this is by being part of the launch team. To, to be part of that group that will say, I'm going to step forward, raise your hand when we say who's going to be in on the launch team. So you might go up there to say, I'm going to serve with kids, I'm going to run tech, I'm going I'm to be a welcoming, greeting person, I'm going to work with my hands, I'm going to work in the garden, I'm going to visit people, I'm going to call people, I'm going to work at the epicenter, I'm going to work in my neighborhood, whatever it is that you'll be ready to say, I'm wanting to serve. I think of Isaiah in the Old Testament. Isaiah was at kind of a comfy place in his life doing pretty well the way things were. But then he has this encounter with the living God. And he, and he sees God and what God is up to, and it, it deeply moves Isaiah. He kind of gets undone and rattled a little bit, so much so that he moves from out of focus to on fire. He moves from kind of complacent to committed. And so when God says, who will go for me? When he puts out a call, Isaiah steps right up and says, here I am, send me. Now let's be honest, that's exactly what I'm hoping happens to hundreds of us. When opportunities to serve, to make this happen, go out. That you will wrestle with what God is saying to you, that you'll have an encounter with God and move from whatever complacency you might have to step forward and say, I want to serve somehow in this ripple effect to make this happen. And that will be good for the kingdom, but it'll be good for you too. So, some of you live nearby in that area, and, and I, I just, what an awesome opportunity, you can have someone, you invite your neighbors or whatever, if you, in fact, we've done a little mapping of this, a little heat map here, there's about 467 of you who live real close, okay? If we span it just a little bit further, there's a whole bunch more of you. And you're like, well, I don't know. I've never done anything like this. Don't you worry you, Don't you worry if you're not equipped. God, God, God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. So if he's tapping you, he'll help you know what you're supposed to do with this. So, so that's one way we've got to step up and serve. Some of you will continue to serve right at the campuses where you are right now in whatever way you are. Uh, 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 some are going to, to go and some are going to need to backfill those roles that were vacated. But all of us are going to need to step up somehow. So there's lots of ways you'll see about this. I would just encourage you to follow along with the updates about what's happening with the Aberdeen campus. Here's the ways to do that. Put some stuff on the screen here. Uh, This is a a website right on our website. It's mountaincc.org and then forward slash Aberdeen. Okay, and that's how you can just go get the latest and greatest information if you want that kind of stay up to date with it, just follow us on Facebook and Instagram as well. You can see the hashtags there, MCC Aberdeen. That's the, that's the cue, okay? And I'm going to also encourage you, would you be willing to, to sign up for some text notifications that will invite you to pray about the next thing that's going on in the process, whether it's the building, the community, whatever. Take a picture of the screen right now or memorize this number. It's 877 1824 If you just text the word Aberdeen, you can do it right now. It's okay. Get your phone out. And text the word Aberdeen to that. We'll just send you information and updates. Not real often, but often enough you'll feel up to date. And then eventually you'll hear about some informational meetings that are going to happen. And um, so we'll, uh, we'll be able to... Um, you know, invite you to those, and you, you'll hear about them through the text. So 877 all right? So let me tell you, uh, in addition to saying, how are we going to do this? Well, everyone's needed to serve. There's another way that all of us are going to need to be involved as well, because it's no secret around here that we take bold steps, we take big steps, it's what we feel God's called us to do, and it's going to be awesome, but it's going to be expensive, It's, it's, you know, ministry like this doesn't just happen or fall out of the sky. So when we talk about stretch, strengthen, and spread, the stretching is not only going to involve our faith and our hearts and our hands, it's going to involve our generosity, y'all. We just simply got to step up in order... To make this happen. So we have the giving of mountain people that makes the ministry of mountain people happen. That's how it works. And right now, it's kind of like we're doing this ministry funded by this. And this almost like daily bread, like manna from the sky, enough for each day. In fact, we're a little behind, but we're going to be okay. But what we're talking about is daring to dream about this new thing. And so frankly, we're going to need an increase in generosity in order to pull it off. And so specifically, let me just kind of lay it out. Um... I'm thinking that there's 10 weeks left in the calendar year, and I can't emphasize to you how important the next 10 weeks are in the generosity. What we want to see happen in 2020 will be, to a large degree, dependent on what happens in 2019 with our generosity. Between now and the end of the year, we need about $1.2 million to sort of get us through to complete phase one of this project, totally within our reach, but not without some stretching. And so that's where I'm just asking you, will you just humbly just talk to God about this? okay? Talk to God. Don't get all weirded out on me like, oh, I'm talking about money. I'm talking about mission and I'm asking you to talk to God about it. That seems reasonable to me. You talk to God and just say, what what are you asking me to do in my serving and in my generosity to make this happen? And then just respond accordingly. I'm convinced if we do that, this is going to take care of itself. So how you can serve, but specifically over the last 10 weeks, how could your generosity uh, be a part of this? And I believe everyone will do that that will be the X Factor. In fact, X Factor is what we're kind of going to use as a label for the next few weeks just to talk about this. The stickers that were on your chairs when you came in say X Factor on them. Isn't that a cool logo? Got the little like that. Look inside the X. You see the arrow? I think that's cool. I don't know how they came up with that. but The X Factor. You think about what an X Factor is. X Factor is like that missing ingredient. That sort of secret catalytic component that really makes the difference. Right? That's what we mean when we say that's the X Factor, like the Ravens So the Ravens are gonna play the Seahawks today. Good luck. And so everyone's saying, everyone's saying, you know, what how can we win this game? Well, the quarterback Lamar Jackson, if he has a really good game, he'd be like the X Factor if he can do it, and we maybe we can. That's the idea, okay, of X Factor. Well, turns out as we go up to Aberdeen, we hope Aberdeen, campus, and the epicenter will be an X Factor in that community, make a big difference. And if that's gonna happen. You're an X factor in that happening, okay? You're, in a way, the X factor. Think about it another way, too. The X is a symbol of multiplication, isn't it? Like it's a multiplier. So if we say like 2X, we mean times 2, like twice as much. And so as we just, uh, sometimes you just like to know the brass tacks and the real finances of it. Here it is. For us to pull off this phase one between now and the end of the year, we need a 2x expression of the generosity that we would normally have. We need like twice what we would normally have in the next 10 weeks. So somehow we got to get there. The question is, as you prayerfully go to God, just ask Him, what's my X? That's my question to you. What's your X? What's your X factor? So whatever you would normally do in this next 10 weeks, I hope some of you can do a 2x yourself or a 3X or a 4X. Some of you won't be able to. You'll, have, you'll be 1.5 or you won't even be able to do what you normally do or you can't give anything. We just gotta trust the Lord to work all this out so that somehow, and, and I've, just, I've been I'm doing this for, for over 20 years at Mountain and, I, and I, here's what happens. God gives us a vision, we pitch it out there, we say we think it's from God. And the people that believe in it go to God and say what are you supposed to do? And then they do it and it happens. So my job is to tell you here we are on the portal, and your job is to talk to God and figure it out and ask, what's my ex in the next 10 weeks? And you know, when you look through the Bible, there's so many cool stories there about how people of God have always been faithful and have given, and I think of that story out of 2 Corinthians 8, chapter 7, they gave of themselves, they gave of the Lord, but chapter 8, verse 7 says this, and I think it's a good word for us, as Paul says to them, he said, since you excel in so many ways, he's talking to these Christians of this church in Corinth. He mentions the ways they excel. In your faith, in your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us. He says, "He says I want you also right now to excel in this gracious act of giving. Now, now I think we do a lot of things well. I think we excel at a lot of things. I think we do weekends well, and I think we love kids well, and we do student stuff. We do so many things well, and right now is a window of time when I think God's word is saying to us, see to it that you also excel in this gracious act of giving. It's a gracious act. In other words, God's graced us, so we want to grace others with it. And if you're still kind of wigged out and all tightened up right now because we're talking about money, it's like, you know what, if you want a sleepy little church, where it just kind of sits around and doesn't do anything, you're in the wrong place. But if you want to change the world and you want to change lives, you're in the right place. And for that, we've got to dig in together and we've got to serve and ask God what do you want me to do to give toward it. And everyone just do your part. It'd be one thing if we're putting gold plates on steeples somewhere or buying a private jet. But you know what? We're not doing that. We're, we're going to change a community for Christ. And that's where the gracious act of giving is something comes in. And we need to excel at it because God's got big plans. All right, y'all, that's it. Let's do this. Everybody ready? All right, let's pray. Let's pray.